Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. There truly is none like him nowhere. You can look high and you can look low, and you won't find no one like him anywhere. So I just came to be of some encouragement. Greetings and salutations from Jesus Christ on high. I just want to welcome you into a conversation between Christ and I, and you are now privy to. I just want you to know that today is a new day. The way you walked in here, it's not going to be the way you leave. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that the blood that was shed covers each and every one of you while you're here and when you leave. You will not return home the way you left it. The God that I serve is a risen Savior. And I just came to be of some encouragement to you that today is a new day. Woo! Woo! All right. Okay. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Settle down, Marvin. All right. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All right. You know, <laughs> I give honor to my Lord and Savior, to my pastors, Talent and Ty, TNT, boom, there's the dynamite right here in Aurora. i like to thank all my family and friends, my lovely, beautiful wife of 24 years as of the 15th. She, along with Holy Spirit, is the reason why I stand here today. He didn't give me what I thought I wanted. He gave me what I needed. And because of what I needed and where he's going to take me, he put in my life a trinette. Husband of one wife. Father of a few children and just a humble servant of the house of God. And I just came to let you know that we need to finish strong. I just want to tell you right off the bat, just in case you don't know, if you've never met me, Put your seatbelt on. That's not mine. I got that from Apostle H. Daniel Wilson. But I'll tell you, put your seatbelt on. Let's do a quick little recap. I like recaps. We started out the month. We talked about finish strong. Pastor said we need to finish strong. And the scripture that he gave was Romans 12 and 1. I have a King James, if you don't mind, turn 
Or wait, you know what? I might be dating myself. Do y'all, do y'all even have one of these? This, oh, okay, y'all seen one of these? This is what a Bible looked like, just in case you're not familiar. Uh, yeah, this is my electronical device right here, my electronics right here in front of me. Uh, but this is where I get my word. This is where God meets me. As you notice, my Bible has uh, duct tape on it. My Bible is probably quite much older than the majority of you that's in here. I got it a few years ago, back when it was in the 1900s. But uh, <clears throat> I digress. It says, Romans 12 and 1, King James. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We got to talk about finish strong. And if you finish strong, one of the criteria is to present your body. Present your body. Why present your body? Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to come and take it. You need to offer it up. He offered up his son. His son willingly went to the cross for you. The least you can do is offer up your life to him as we move on. Then our pastor talked about from start to finish. We want to finish strong. But what does that mean? What does that look like? From start to finish. Once you start it, finish it. You know, there was a uh, quote given, and I'd like to share it with you. And it reads as this. It says, Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try one more time. Thomas Edison, Thomas A. Edison said that. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore said, there is almost always one more thing you could do. That's what he said. The Bible says my grace is sufficient, but I digress. I'm doing a recap. My bad. Pastor went on to talk about Peter. John 21, 3 through 17, talks about how this is after the uh, crucifixion. This is after everything. And Peter was like, you know what? I'm going fishing. I'm out. Deuces. And then Christ showed up while he was out fishing. Deuces. I'm out. Oh, wait, is <laughs> that, that Jesus? And it says that he had to clothe himself when he was getting ready to present himself to the master. I'm still doing a recap. Have there ever been a time when you felt like you've been abandoned, God left you, and you just out, unclothed, unprotected, in deep water, mundanely doing what he called you to do. He did call him to be a fisherman of men. That's what the words say. He called him to be a fisherman of men. But it seems at this point he felt 
abandoned. I continue. Teacher Katrina told us that in finishing strong, we got to ask the question, what are we finishing strong? What is it that we need to finish? That's a reasonable question. And then she turned around and said, don't worry about it. Don't hurt yourself. Put the smoke on your brain away. I got the answer. Finish your assignment. I'm like, finish your assignment? You know what? That makes sense. Because what else am I going to finish? What? Even if I was building a car or working in a garage or, uh, you know, doing whatever, therapy, whatever, teaching, whatever, there is an assignment that must be done. And she said, why? Well, that's, you know what? She always invoked good questions. That's another good question. Finish my assignment? Finish my assignment? Why? For what? Christ didn't left me. I'm just out here mundanely doing what I need to do just so that everybody else will see me out here doing what it is he called me to do back when he called me to do it. And although my heart is not in it, I'm just going to be out here. Well, she answered that question too. Why? Because we are made for more. And she came from uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 28. It just talks about us being made in the image. If we are truly made in the image of our Lord and Savior, then everything he is, we are. Everything he was in the beginning is today and will be tomorrow is already in you. When she said that, you know what I thought about? I thought about an old TV commercial. Once, once again, I'm probably dating myself. Y'all probably don't know this one, but Manwich had a commercial. Manwich, you know, like Sloppy Joe is called Manwich. And so the kid was like, well, what about the onions? And the dad would say, hey, it's in there. Well, what about the, hey, it's in there. Well, what about deliverance? It's in there. Well, what about the power to move? It's in there. What about the anointing? It's in there. And then he took a bite after making the sound said, Sometime when you realize it's already in there, you just got to step back and be like, it's in there. I'm sorry, I'm still doing a recap. I think I'm doing a recap. I'm just saying, it's in there. Which brings us right on up till today. Finish strong. I thought I was going to come up with some fancy words. You know, I was going to talk about you need to be able to endure. You need some endurance. And then I was like, yeah, that's Marvin Jr. Then I was like, you know what? Let Marvin Jr. sit down and let the spirit of the Lord arise. Let me tell you a quick story. Anybody have heard of the man Winston Churchill? Winston Churchill made a statement, when you're going through hell, keep going till you get to the other side. Well, I did some deep diving because that's just how my mind works. I did some looking into it. That, what, what, what made him come up with that? And what happened was he was standing around lollygagging and ear hustling. I mean, he's the prime minister, so he ain't never really, you know, ear hustling or lollygagging, but that's what he was doing. And he said... He was listening to some people talk. 
And one man walked over to the other man and said, hey, man, how's it going? And the guy replied, whoo, I am going through hell. And the first guy said, whoa, wait a minute. You need to keep going because that's not a good place to stop. So I just want you to know that if you're going through something, keep going. Because if you think it's bad, stop and see how much worse it can get. Uh, There was a gentleman by the name of Charles R. Swindoll. He said, life is 10% what happens to you. And 90% of how you react to it. Huh. 10% of what happens to you. 90% of how you react to it. 10% unto God. 90% to you. If you're paying your tithes, you already covered the 10%. That's happening to you. So therefore, you done already paid into the bank of God and got some interest on that 10%. So the 90%, you should be able to deal with according to the word of God. I'm just saying. Uh, My technology skills is a little janky. So I sent in my assignment. But uh, I don't know if I did it right. But it's okay. Because it's all good and it's all God. What did we do before we had screens and technology? Oh, I know what we did. We followed along in our Bible. So just keep up with me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. So here we go. I had a cute little video too. <laughs> the message is coming from... Ephesians 6.13. And then I got a bunch of other stuff to go with it. It's going to be all good. And watch God have his way. So, Ephesians 6 and 13. Therefore, oh, I'm sorry, amplified. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully Resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. He said, after you have done everything that the crisis demands, you stand firm. You still stand firm after everything the crisis demands. So, if I was going to render a title, and Vince, that I put it on this paper, it seems that I will, it would be, Let me see your war face. Do you have a war face? There is a movie that I love 
called Full Metal Jacket. Somebody's ahead of me. The A students got it. And there is a scene in there where the drill sergeant is walking around and berating everybody. And he's making them feel as low as possible. And one guy says, he mentioned some things, you know, can't repeat it and ain't going to show it. Please, God. But the bottom line is the DI drill instructor goes over to him, punches him, and then leans down and says, what do we have here? A joker. Private joker. Do you have a war face? And the private stands. He said, what? He said, do you have a war face? Let me see your war face. Sir? He said, ah, ah, that's a war face. Let me see your war face. Ah! He said, let me see your real war face. And he said, ah! He said, you don't scare me, work on it. Some of us have been walking around trying to show the enemy our war face. Ah! And he going, that's so cute. Stop it. He talking to you like, like he the cowardly lion, and you worse off than he is. Because you ain't scaring him. You want to know why? Because there is no authority behind your roar. There's no power behind your roar. There's no fasting behind your war. There's no praying behind your roar. So when he say, let me see your war face, you need to be able to bag him up, but you can't because you ain't spent no time with God. How can you possibly demonstrate power and authority if you ain't spent time working out with Christ? I'm just asking a question. I'm sorry. I just came to be of some encouragement. I want you to finish strong. Some of the things you got to do is hang out with Christ. Bible say Enoch spent 300 years with God. And after 300 years, his whole body was taken to heaven. You know how amazing that is? It's amazing because one of the filthiest things in your body is your gallbladder because it takes out all the poisons and toxins. So therefore, in order for his whole body to be translated into heaven, even his gallbladder had found Christ. Even the toxins and the impurities was removed. His whole body. So, I'm going to ask you, and I might even after service, you know, into the new year, I might even walk up to you and say, let me see your war face. And if you go, I'm going to walk off. So, if I had to show my war face, if somebody asked me to show my war face, ah, that's a war face. Now, now that we got the war face out the way, cool. Let's talk about the assignment. I got five points plus one. Okay. We ready to go? Point number one. Got to have a goal. Got to have a goal. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. In the Amplified. Do you not know that a race all the runners run, 
their very best to win. But only one receives the prize. Run your race. Uh Uh-oh. If I was going to put a pin in something, I'd put a pin right there. Run your own race. Stop trying to be me. Stop trying to be pastor. Stop trying to be anybody other than what you are and who you are. Run your race. Because if he wanted you to be somebody else, I'm under the impression that he would have said that. Run past the Tyler's race. Run Marvin Jr.'s race. Marvin Jr., that's me. I speak in the third person. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Run your race. Because the reason for behind running your own race, if we're talking about goals, is you don't know what I've been through to get where I'm at. You don't know if you physically, mentally, spiritually strong enough to be where I'm at. You don't know if you can take and deal with what I dealt with to get where I am. You don't know what the next person is dealing with and what they dealt with and how they got to be where they are. You better run your own race because your race might be a little smoother than mine. You you might be biting off more than you can handle. I want to be just like them. I want to experience just what they experience. Can you hang on this here cross? Can you take the beat down? People spitting on you. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I might have took a good scourge. And I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that. I might have took a spear in the side. I might even have done the crown of thorns. But when he spit, oh, 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 oh that was it. I would have got down. Look, you know what? (laughs) Come get him. I'm out. I would have started from scratch, and I would have started with the guy that spit on me. I would have been like, in my name, whoosh. You know what? You know what, Lord? (laughs) I know I'm your number one son. I'm your favorite son. You know, uh, I was really trying, but he spit on me. And uh, I'm going to need Michael and Gabriel, call the boys, and wipe them clean out. We spoke them into existence, start right over. He spit on, did you see? And, and, and it wasn't one of them just nice, polite ones. <laughs> he pulled it from the depths of his soul. Ah! I would have been done. So run your own race. Yeah, I'm going to run my race because I, I, I'm not the spit on person. Mm-mm, nope. Every available weapon at that time, best that I'm in the weaponry, would have been like. <laughs> but uh, anyway, run your own race. In such a way, run your own race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes. Wait, training? I got to train? I can't just, I can't just sign up? You know, Marvin Jr. has learned at almost 50. Uh, yeah, going to the gym is a good idea, but start where I start, you know, hit the, hit the elliptical, something that's low impact on the knees, uh, maybe that little exercise bike, move up to the treadmill and the stairs, 
because I went with some young folk one time, and they was out there throwing weight. Ah! And I remember when. Ah! And I'm going to jump on that bench with them. Ah! I'm going to need y'all to get some of this weight off. Come on, Marv, you got it in you? I know. It's, the spirit is willing, but this here body? Ah! So I'm just saying. I mean, I've been going to the gym quite often here recently, or more recently, shall I say. And I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I'm, I'm probably not eating all the iron, but I can lift some iron. And, I, and, and, and you know what? Wisdom is amazing. It's amazing because now I go, at, you know, when I, when I, when I do go, it's, it's like 3 in the morning, so I'm like the only one in there. So if I bring the weight to my chest and I can't quite get it up, I ain't worried because I can just slide it off, slide out, look around. Ain't nobody end up my Barman Jr. And if somebody walked through the door, hey, uh, <clears throat> I'm putting these back. I'm just saying, that the wisdom, you know, hey, wisdom. You know, I, I ain't trying to win it all. I got, I got 24 years. All I need to do is make sure I look good for her. So, you know, I'm just saying. Every now and again, put on a little shirt when we go on vacation. Be like, girl, don't play. <laughs> got to do some training. I'm just saying. Got to do, got to do some training. And then... Um, uh, competing in the games, and is disciplined. Disciplined. And exercises self-control. Oh, boy. Goals hurt. I ain't even got to the other four, poor, four points plus one. And already, we talking about being disciplined? Exercising self-control? Self-control, ooh, that's a good one right there. You want to finish strong? Exercise some self-control. We just recently did a series in reference to your finances. I don't want to traumatize anybody, but I do want to bring up exercise some self-control. You ain't always got to stop and eat McDonald's, and those of us that's over 30 shouldn't be eating McDonald's anyway, but I'm just saying, it, it hits us a little different. I'm just saying. Exercise some self-control. Your finances are going down. You want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I want to be debt free. Then uh, fast from fast food at least. You know, use the range and, the, uh, oh, the, you know, most people just call it a stove, but the range is actually the top part and then the oven. You know, the, yeah, the whole thing is, uh, anyway, my bad. Y'all probably knew that. My bad. Uh, microwaving is, is okay from time to time, but it ain't a real meal. Yeah, yeah, no. Hungry man, you still be hungry after you eat them two little, you know, <laughs> freezer burn chicken and watered down. I, it could be mashed potatoes. It, it, I don't know. It could, you know, one sliver of butter away from being grits. I'm not sure. So at any rate, let us continue. They do it to win a crown that withers. What they do, what they do, they do it to obtain a crown that withers. But what we do it to receive an imperishable crown that doesn't wither. Our crown doesn't wither. We got goals. We have to have goals. We're not going to be like boxers that just beat at the air, shadow boxing. 
we have a target, and the target is the enemy. We have goals. You want to finish strong? What's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do? You know what? Peter was called to be a fisherman of men, but then Christ asked him along the sea, do you love me more than these? Then feed my sheep. What we missed was an assignment change. When I was here, I needed you to send people to me. Fishermen, evangelize, be an apostolic evangelist, send them to me. Now, I'm not here and you're working representing the kingdom and the king on my behalf. I need you, Peter, to feed my sheep. Sound like a shepherd. He just changed his role. Some of us get caught up and hung up on the fact that we have an assignment to be the best that we could be at being a musician. When God is calling us to be a teacher. Snow. Uh, when God is calling us to be the best representation of his kingdom that we can be. He just changed your assignment just a little bit. He still wants you interacting with his people. He still wants you to bring them in. But now you're getting ready to be a shepherd. You're getting ready to clothe them, wash them, watch over them. Put some oil in their nose. Keep the flies off of them. You got to write down the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. That's what the Bible says. That's point two. Write it down. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. Amplify. Then the Lord answered me. How many people can wait until the Lord answers you? Some of us just want to do it ourselves. Well, I ain't prayed. He ain't said nothing. He ain't said nothing because you're still talking. Close your mouth. Close your mouth so you can open his. I told you he a gentleman. He ain't going to force himself upon you. He ain't just getting ready to just, you know, be rude and interrupt you. You feel like talking, he's going to let you talk. When you get done, then he'll say something. But you need to write it down. He said, the Lord answered me and said, what do you say? Write it down. Write the vision. And engrave it plainly. Some of us trying to be too complicated. Just take your time and write it in plain English. Dick and Jane, see, dog, run, period. That, you can't get no plainer than that. The dog is running. Hey, you know what? See, dog, run. What's your name? I am Sam. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored, living under open heaven. And if you call it, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Just, you know, just hold on. Not, to, not today. Now, today I just need a simple hug. You know, know your audience. You know, you know, know your audience. If you're talking to somebody and they have a countenance that needs to be lifted up, don't, don't hit them right in the face with the Bible. Why you look like you're looking? You need to get down and... No, no, wait, wait a minute. Sometimes it's okay just to say, you know what? Bring it in. God, God loves you. He's so very proud of you. You're doing a good job. How many times have you been embraced and somebody just 
told you. I'm so proud of you. I grab my son every so often. It drives him nuts. I'm like, hey, son, have I told you I love you? I didn't tell you today. Well, I love you. My son is a little taller than me, so he, he work out. So it's, you know, I got really, to really be intentional about hugging him. My daughter, my spiritual sons and daughters, I just call them up, check on them. I love you. I'm proud of you. So write the vision. Write it down what God wants you to do. Make it plain so anybody that see it can read it, can run with it. There's no questions about it. There's no guesswork. So you got a goal. You wrote it down. Now you got to have proper equipment. Proper equipment. Ephesians 6, 14, and 18. Amplify. So stand firm. This is after you've done all you know how to do. So stand firm and hold your ground. I got to stand firm and hold this ground? Does it say give up? No. Does it say bag up and bag down? No. It say stand your ground. I believe if I was in Florida and I said that, the whole audience would have erupted and whoo! But I'm just saying, they under different laws down there. Stand your ground. <sighs> if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. That's not mine. That's Frederick DeVito. He says, having tightened the wide band of truth. They need to find a wide band of truth. Yeah, personal integrity and moral courage. Personal integrity, personal integrity. That means when nobody else is looking, you still do what's right. That means that even if you will not get caught only written down in heaven, you still doing what's right. That means if nobody else ever thanks you and tells you you did a good job, if nobody was there to see it, no accolades, no pat on the back, you still do what is required based on your level of integrity and your morals. It also talks about you got to have some courage, but we'll get to that. Got to have a little courage. It says, around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart. Oh, Jesus Oh, this, this, is, this is difficult. I got to have an upright heart first. I got to be integral. I got to have some courage. Now I got to have an upright heart. Yes. Don't, don't, don't be a blessing to me just so that somebody else can see that you was a blessing to me. And now I'm your example. Don't stand up and give the biggest offering that, you know, they can ask for just so that everybody saw you stand up and take the, the $2,000 money envelope and then turn around and be lying to yourself and God because you can't really afford it because you didn't do what you need to do in your three-month uh, planning when you was writing down your financial budget. So I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what you do. What matters is how you do it. Where's your heart? Are we just going to God just to pray because that's our, I do what you know. I'm, you know, I'm a servant leader. I'm on the dream team. And today is Monday. And uh, 
you know, Minister Corey asked us to be faster. So I'm just going to be fasting because he said I'm a fast. You might as well not even fast because you're not even going to last. And then if you do last, it ain't going to mean nothing because you already got your rewards because you didn't put it in the message group. I'm fasting. I got you. I'm holding it down if nobody else. Okay, cool. Sounds great. But uh, every time I see you, you gain a few miles. Anyway, uh, it goes on to say, having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness uh, produced by the good news. Good news is another way to say gospel. You got, you got peace on your feet. You, you locked in. You ever look at Roman sandals? Roman sandals got spikes on them. They got a shin guard. They only made to go one way. When you plant your foot, you can only go forward. You can't go back. Even if they wanted to retreat, you literally got to pick up your feet and make up your mind to get out of there. So he says, strap them on firmly. Put it on. Even if you don't have nothing else left in you, if you just hold the door. My bad. That's, that's probably from uh, Game of Thrones. He said, hold the door. Sometimes you just got to hold up the wall. Sometimes you just got to stay in place. Oh, okay. You can't bag up and you can't bag down. It says, above all, take with you protection, shield of faith, which is able to extinguish every fiery dart of the anyone, of the enemy, evil one enemy. Take the helmet of salvation. You know, the helmet of salvation protects the mind of Christ. You want to know why you're having all these weird thoughts. The Bible says casting down imagination because you ain't put on your helmet today. You know, back in the day, we used to um, get in trouble in school because we talked about the, the helmet people. But as I got older, I realized they protected their mind from further injuries, from further issues. And spiritually, we need to protect our mind. We need to make sure that we have right thought. Looking back in retrospect on my life, all of the little comments that we, that thought we were normal, were having, was just, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. Because now, as I look around, I make sure that I am protected. I'm protecting the mind of Christ. I'm protecting my ear gates. I'm protecting what comes in. I'm not exposing my neck. Because if you look at the helmet, the helmet came down and protected the neck and went over the shoulders. So if the enemy snuck up behind you to swing the sword, he wouldn't take your head off because he hit the helmet. But I'm just saying, you can wear your armor have you want to wear. I'm going to put my helmet on. I'm just saying. He talks about the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting to pieces and to sunder bone and marrow. My favorite show these days is Forged in Fire. That's another message. We ain't, we ain't at that level yet. Just Forged in Fire. Watch out now. You come forth as pure gold. But what I'm saying is they talk about forging weapons of iron. And the sword of the spirit is forged in heaven. 
It's unbreakable, unbendable. And it cuts any and everything that rises up before you. The sword of the spirit. You got to have the right encouragement around you. Point number four. Second Timothy two, one through seven. It says, so you, my son, be strong, consistently strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ. Where can you find it? Only in Christ. You can't find it nowhere else. You can't find it in the bottle. You can't find it in a needle. You can't find it in your job. You can't find it in, in your, your, you know, potential off to the side, whatever they call it these days. You can only find it in Christ. That's the only place to find it. He says, the things, doctrines, precepts, all of the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach. You heard me teach it. He said, in the presence of many witnesses, in trust as a treasure to reliable and faithful men. This is Paul encouraging Timothy what to do with the word of God. At this point, Paul is actually in prison waiting to be executed. He said, take with me your share of hardness. Can you imagine a man on death row, not concerned about himself, but concerned enough about your soul to encourage you to take your share of hardship? We all have a portion. We all have our own portion. Take your share. And I know I'm probably jumping around just a little bit now that I noticed that it's up on screen, but it's okay. It's okay. So, no man that wharf get entangled up in the cares and affairs of this life. You can't get tangled up in what's going on around you. You got to be about the business of God. Where, where were you? We was looking all over for you. Do you not know I was in my father's house taking care of my father's business? First of all, you know who I am. You know what I came here to do. Why would you be looking anywhere other than the house of God? That's pretty much what 12-year-old Jesus was saying. Look here, pimping. <laughs> you was just a conduit that uh, my father chose in order to get me here so that I can save all of you and them. And I greatly appreciate it. But the next time you're looking for me, make sure you look for me where you know I'll be. Just like in the, in the garden, he was like, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Some of us, our eyesight is wrong and we're looking in the wrong places. We're looking for the wrong thing. I heard somebody say looking for love on all the wrong places. You can only find it in this here Bible. Point number five. Point number five says, leave nothing undone. In between your D-O-B and your D-O-D is a dash. What you going to do, with, oh, I'm sorry, date of birth and date of death, there's a dash. You got to do something with that dash. You got to make good use of that dash. Second Timothy 4, 5 and 8 or 5 through 8, it says in Amplified. But as for you, be clear-headed. 
in every situation. Be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. I learned that every time you put an and, it means you, I, I, want, you to, I want you to get it. I'm going to emphasize something. Stay cool. Stay calm and steady. Endure every hardness without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. For I am ready. Or correction, already being poured out as a drink offering. In other words, he could hear the keys of the jailer coming to take him to execute him. He letting Timothy know, I've done everything that I, I know how to do. The time of my departure is at hand. He said, from this world is at hand. I will soon go free. I have fought the good and worthy and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept my faith firmly guarding the gospel against error. How many of you can say you've kept the faith? You've held on to the good gospel. I had a picture of a bulldog going up against the bull. Bulldogs, 50 to 55 pounds. A fighting bull, 14 to 1,600 pounds. The bulldog was bred to fight bulls. The bulldog is a member of the Mastiff, uh, Mastiff and I'm probably butchering it. Um, oh, cool. Uh, cool. Uh, uh, lineage. Bulldog is real short. You've seen it kind of ugly looking, slobbery, got under by her. But the thing about a bulldog is he has no fear. He was bred to fight bulls. His pug nose allows him to latch on to the nose of the bull and still be able to breathe. The underbite allows him to lock the bull's jaw in place. So when I say bulldog tenacity, we're talking about a bulldog, no fear. He don't care how big the bull is. He's going in there to do his job, to bring the bull down. I actually watched the video where the bulldog showed the bull his war face. The bull looked at him and was like, oh, that's what we on? That's what we on? And as the bull took off towards the bulldog, the bulldog did not flinch. He took right off after him. Did a little fake weave. Oh, wow, good shoes. Thanks, babe. Did a little fake weave, latched on to the nose of the bull, and hung on for dear life. They say the, the tightness or the locking of the bulldog's jaws is to the point that even after death, you got to break the jaws in order to loose his grip. When the enemy is standing in your life, can you latch on and pull him down? When the enemy is standing in your life, do you have enough Christ to bring him down in spite of the size? 
Do you have enough Christ in your life that no matter what the enemy look like, you can be like David and say, you know what? Uh-huh, this day. Yep, this day. You say what now? That's what I thought. Let me get his sword. They say his sword was way bigger than David. Can you imagine? Can you imagine my little grandbaby picking up? Uh, it say he didn't even really lift it. He just carried it over to his head and let it fall. Cut his head off. How much God is in you? How much anointing and authority is in you? How much I will not bag down bulldog tenacity is in you to cut your giant's head off? We talking about finishing strong. I'm just saying. You can't finish no stronger than that. I'm just saying. As I bring it to a close, I'd like to give you my last and final point. And I had prepared a little something for you for that. But in the garden of Gethsemane, talks about how Christ in the garden had a nevertheless attitude. It says, and he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Huh? You know what? Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he said it again a second time. Because the first time he said it, he was like, nevertheless. But then, he, you know, sometimes you got to co-sign your own, you know, what you say. So he said it again. Oh, Father, if this cup may not pass, from me, except I drink it, then thy will be done. You want to finish strong? I'll tell you how you finish strong. Have the intestinal fortitude to say, for God I live, for God I die. Have the intestinal fortitude to say, you know what? I'm here, let's get it. Let's do it. I'm not bagging up. I'm not bagging down. The armor only had one side. Because God got your back. The Bible says it's as like this. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, the Amplified. But he said to me, this is God talking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, hyphen, always available, hyphen, regardless of the situation, close. For my power is being perfected and is complete and showing itself more effectively in your weakness. Therefore, will all the more gladly I boast in my weakness for the power of Christ made complete 
enfolded in me may dwell in me. Have the intestinal fortitude to say, nevertheless. Make sure you have the intestinal fortitude to remember your goals. Make sure you write them down. Make sure you have proper equipment. Make sure you have the right encouragement around you. Make sure you leave nothing undone. Because it's very important that you surround yourself with Christ. And always remember, his grace is sufficient. You're not in this alone. You're not in this fight by yourself. His grace is sufficient. Not yours. Not what you dealing with. Not what you dealt with. You have to get you out of the way and put him in his place. Finish strong from start to finish. It's more in you. You was made for more. Finish your assignment. Run your race. Don't be afraid to show the enemy your war face. When you show the enemy your war face, even if you're not a hundred percent, even if you're not quite there yet, you get amped up. It's game day. It's on. Let's do this. Let's be about it. Ah! I will not bag down. I will not bag up. I will not give in. I am going to do what he called me to do. It's all about the anointing. It's all about the fight that is in you. I will not bag up. I will not bag down. When Christ was in the garden, it said he sweat and he bled, but he didn't give up on you. He didn't let you down. Ah! You got to leave it all on the table. Lay it down for Christ. Give it up to him. Because it's not about you. You think what you're going through is for you. It's not. Nobody else had went to the cross. Christ was the first one to do it. Why are you upset? You're the first one to go to college. Why are you crying that you're the first one to graduate? You're the first one in your family to be debt free. It's all about finishing your assignment. It's about finishing strong. We can do better than that, all nations. Come on. Marvin ministered powerfully to remind us all and we in a war and Jesus was a finisher and his expectation of us is the same so we got to have our, our war face on in order for us to finish strong you think you think there won't be no opposition you think you think your enemy is just going to let you ride to the finish line no ma'am no sir but the battle is not yours 
it is the Lord's. He is with you. And most importantly, he's for you. We thank God that he saw fit to communicate directly to our hearts today. He communicated in such a way that we can't deny what we just heard. He communicated in such a way that we're now accountable for what we just heard. So everybody that calls this place home, you need to let that settle in your heart. We thank God for his voice today. Did you all enjoy today's service? Just a reminder that if you show up next Sunday at 1030, you will be alone. We will not be here. It's Christmas. <laughs> but we will have an online virtual presentation for you all 1030 Sunday morning. So do yourself a favor. Go subscribe to the All Nations Aurora YouTube channel and uh, like the All Nations Aurora Facebook page. We will go live 10.30 a.m. next Sunday morning. Put, you know, the, the toys should be put together by then, right? All the emotions should be over by then, right? And so I think it's also good that on the day that he was born, come on, somebody, that we sit around our TVs and we, we worship him together. So we want you to be with your families, but take, take about an hour next Sunday, 10.30 a.m. We'll be live with a presentation of the gospel for you all to tune into. And we will be back in the room January 1st. Say January 1st. It's important that if you call this church your home, that you're in the building January 1st. Because I will release to all of us what God has said. The prophetic theme for 2023 is concerning this house. So if this is your house, you need to be here January 1st, 10.30 a.m. I don't care if you got to stumble in here. Come on. Because I know it's Saturday. I, I, I don't even care if you got to stumble in here next or on January 1st. You need to be in the building. I don't even know if it's going to go on YouTube because it's personal family business. So you need to be here January 1st, 10.30 a.m. We good? Can we pray? All right. And before we, boy, you leave out of here, say hi to somebody. Because the last time you're going to see them probably in 2022. So don't leave. Remember, we talked about the importance of community. Say hi, at least wave at him, elbow, little something, something before you leave out of here. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We appreciate you. You're so good. You're amazing. Thank you for resting here with us, teaching and communicating your truths directly to our heart. Father, we need your help to walk out what you've laid out before us. We want to be all that you created us to be, but we can't even do that unless you help us. So as we enter into this week, Father, lead us, guide us, and help us to be more like you and less like ourselves. We trust you, and we only want what you want for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.